Why should an RIA use LinkedIn? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is question number 48. I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to move to the RA model. So one of the things that often comes up in conversations with advisors about why they might want to move to that model is the increased flexibility that usually comes with the transition to the model and the, and the different kind of regulatory landscape or just the, the framework of how your firm is set up generally gives you more flexibility to do certain things. So one of those things that often uh, is more flexible for you is how you market your practice, how you, how you implement your business development efforts in your firm. And so an increasingly uh, popular way nowadays to go about uh, trying to build awareness of your practice is as a business development technique is on LinkedIn. And so uh, that is the entire topic of this, this video here, this episode here is how to use LinkedIn as not only as a financial advisor, as an RA and, and how you can use that to your benefit. So there, uh, for those of you watching on video, super excited to have the one and only Sarah Grillo on board with us. Sarah, happy to see you. Hey, what's up, Brad? What's up, everybody? Uh, for those, I'll ask Sarah to give a, a brief little background on herself in just a moment. But uh, for those that don't know Sarah, so you, you haven't been paying attention, but uh, I've long been a follower of uh, Sarah's. Uh, she publishes all kinds of podcasts, different media articles, everything out there. And one of the, one of the great things about Sarah, besides her wealth of knowledge, uh, and for any of you that are followers of you or certainly know this is, is she's an absolute straight shooter. There, there's, we're, there's no canned commentary to come on this episode. Uh, there's no holding back. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that makes her one of the most genuine people in our industry is uh, you know exactly where she stands on things and, uh, and she can back it up with the knowledge to do that. So uh, happy to, or looking forward to jumping in, Sarah, if you could give us a quick background on yourself, just so folks that don't already know you kind of know where you're coming from, and then we'll dive right in. Oh, background. Well, I used to be a financial advisor, and then I had four kids in five years. Like, I literally was pregnant every 14 months. <laughs> like, I was pregnant with one kid, and Antonio yeah. was already talking about the next kid, okay? Sorry for the fire engines in the background. I'm recording from New York City here. And I, there's always, like like a plane swooping in or like a fire or something right outside my window every time I decide to record one of these shows. But anyways, so I used to be a financial advisor, but I had too many kids and I couldn't do it. And I also didn't feel like I was a great financial advisor. And then I started just publishing videos on YouTube about how to pass the CFA exam. And one of them went viral and then that was basically the birth of my social media career. It wasn't like anything I intended on. I just was running out of money because I had quit my job as a financial advisor and I was selling Antonio's clothes on eBay. But then one day he found out and I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> it's got a limited her. runway that, that only goes so far. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then there were other like I was researching like how to make money on the Internet. 
And there's all these like low money-making things. And I was like, well, forget about that. And while I was trying to figure that part out, I just started making these videos. One of them went viral. And then people were like, hey, wait a minute, you're a CFA, but you also have creative skills. Can you do my resume? Can you write my website? And then the request just kept coming in. And I was like, all right. (laughs) But anyways, I'm here today just to tell you that financial advisors really stink at social media. And they stink at LinkedIn and they stink at marketing in general. But the good news is that they don't have to. And once they break free of, I think a lot of times it's just bad marketing training. Part of it is the nature of the occupation that a lot of times there's this fear to be a human being. A lot of times advisors feel like they have to be this invincible figure of perfection. And it's not true to some extent, you do have to show that you're human and relatable, but then I also see it go too far to the extreme too of too much relatability, like maybe getting like distracted by the virtue postings. And here we all are at the charity event, which is also like, like tired of seeing that too, right? So I'm here to tell you today some strategies that can work for you, but I'm going to stop talking and let you talk, Brad. Sorry, I went on so long about that. No, fantastic. And I think uh, just a great, uh, like I said, example of uh, you being a straight shooter. And, and uh, coincidentally, she, she certainly did not ask me to point out, I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm going to point it out because I think it, it does, uh, it's, it's worthy of it. But, uh, and I don't, Sarah, I don't know how I even knew this because I'd never hear you point it out. But Sarah is, a, I wrote down to make sure you're a Harvard undergrad and NYU MBA, along with her CFA. So I think it's, uh, quite genuine. You, you seem to never point that out. And obviously that's, those are quite the credentials. Um, so, uh, appreciate your, uh, your humbleness and, and all that. And, and ultimately, while that's great, we all have resumes, but, uh, to your point, you just made, it's, it's kind of more how relatable you are, what you actually know, how you can help people that, that matters at the end of the day, but credit, credit where it's due. And I was going to point out your biggest accomplishment was not all of those things. It was the the multiple kids you have. And so you did, uh, you stole my note on that one, but uh, that's quite worthy because uh, I'm sure it's still quite a challenge each day. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's... No, that's an important thing though, Brad, that you mentioned that I have all these kids because, and I'm not saying I'm one of these like perfect mom, model moms. I mean, I'm far from it. You just have to be in my house for like five minutes to see all my flaws, right? But one thing I do think I've kind of figured out about my kids, and I think it's so applicable to people, is that we really don't listen to each other. Um, And it's not just the kids that don't listen to the adults. It's that kids are really just not listened to nowadays. Like I'm at the park the other day, and, you know, kids are just so talked over. Like I was trying to make to, to create a dialogue between my kid and someone else's kid. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. And look at that sprinkle cookie you have. Cause my kids had the same sprinkle cookie. So I'm trying to talk to this kid and I'm like, look at that sprinkle cookie you have. And her mom's like, well, yeah, she, I ordered it for her. She doesn't really like it normally though. It's like, I'm trying to get your kid to talk so she could talk to my kid, like let the kid respond. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you think about it as parents, like how many times have we talked over our own kids? And if we do it to our own kids, we do it to everybody. And it's so true. It happens on LinkedIn all the time. LinkedIn, everybody just throwing these messages out, barfing this content into the feed with no idea of, wait a second, there's a human being on the other side. And that that's really like, I would say the number one thing I just want to tell all of you about LinkedIn is that you've got to look at the person or the people, the audience, just like you would build trust with somebody you met in a networking function, 
you have to try to understand them. And so I say limited to two sentences. I created this whole thing. I mean, not like it was any great genius invention, but I just call it the two sentence rule. And it's just basically the idea of when you're on messenger, say one sentence and then make the next sentence a question. Like, thanks for liking, so don't go to somebody, like someone, you see someone's always liking your updates. Don't be like, hey, look, let's do a portfolio review. Do you have enough insurance? I see you're a business owner. What, what, what's your uh, key man policy like? Can I review it for you? Yeah. It's like, do I know you? It's none of your business. They don't know you yet. It's totally out of context. And we're always, we're always flying at each other like this. And then financial advisors fail at LinkedIn and then they're like, oh, well, this doesn't work. These marketing consultants sold me this and now this thing doesn't work. It's like, right, the whole thing doesn't work because it's not a human relationship here that you're thinking of it as. You're thinking of it as a platform and a system and a message and you type something and it's text on the screen and you can't look at it that way. You gotta look at it as that communication is not about the words you say. It's not about the images or the graphs or the pictures or having the, the best blog. Communication is about feelings. LinkedIn is really about feelings. And when you miss that, that's where the failure comes in. So people, what I'm saying is, when you go into your feed, think about what the feelings are gonna be of the people reading it. And don't look at it with financial advisor goggles. It's like, oh, the, the, that market capitalization of the top five stocks in the S&P or this and that, it's like, no one's interested in that, dude. Like, come on, sis. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at it. How can this be more relevant to people? How do I phrase it in a way that is going to be real and that's going to really be something people want to hear about instead of what I think is interesting as a financial advisor? It has to be reversed. Yeah, and I think, uh, and, I, and one of my questions I plan on asking you is kind of what are you, what are you seeing that's not working that you would highly advise against? So a, a quick example there, and we'll, we'll certainly dive back into that. Um, but at a, at a very macro level, just, just to start, there's a lot of different business development approaches out there, a lot of different marketing approaches. Certainly, whatever capacity an advisor's in now, whatever models they're in now, whether they are RA or, or whatnot, why LinkedIn? And then I'm not suggesting that you're saying, oh, that's the only thing people should use, but there's a lot out there. Why, why is LinkedIn so important nowadays? Well, it's important that you at least have a profile page because when you're working professional and it is kind of like the yellow pages. So when, when someone hears your name or sees you at a networking function, they're going to go to LinkedIn and look at you. So some of y'all there that with the, you know, bad picture and like not a good description of what you do or no call to action so that someone can easily find your website right at the top of the, right at the top of the profile, the LinkedIn profile. The top of the profile is what's going to get a majority of the views. People are not really going to scroll. You should at least have a page. Okay, so let's just say that. And it's not going to cost you anything. There's no excuses for this, financial advisors. Get your LinkedIn page up today and revise it. And again, focus on the top of that page, the title, the pictures that are there, the contact information. Secondly, uh, LinkedIn can be very good if you're targeting people who are working professionals or who are about to exit the working profession. Now, if you're working only with retirees, LinkedIn is not going to be the best method for you. You'd be better off reaching the COIs or just spreading your broad influence and hoping that the people you meet have retirees that they know. Okay, so I, LinkedIn is not for everybody. Um, and it's not for the people that are just going to 
spam it. Or if you don't have any time to do LinkedIn, don't even think about hiring one of these awful autoresponder services or putting this canned content in, into the feed. If that's your attitude, LinkedIn is not for you either. I'm going to tell you why. LinkedIn doesn't want that crap out there. LinkedIn is going to put you in beat down jail. If you're going to be spamming people with messages that they don't want to get, you're going to get reported or or even if you don't get reported, no one's going to respond. And you're just going to, I see so many people that used to have these autoresponder services. These, it sounds great, right? You'll get an algorithm, you'll get a, a robot to send out 500 messages a day. Well, let me tell you folks what happens. Every time a client comes to me with that, they've got 4,000 connections. And actually I would call it negative 4,000 because they've made a negative impression on these 4,000 people. And a lot of times I'm a step away from saying, we have to scrap this whole thing and start again manually from scratch without this robot because the robot burned it where the robot asked the person to meet three times after they already said no. That person's absolutely never going to talk to you again. They think you're, they think very, very badly of you. Yep. Okay. If you also, if you only have time to put the canned content out there, and I'm not going to say the companies that do it, Okay, but we all know who they are, that they could you could buy content, and just throw it out there. I mean, it's better than having nothing, but barely. I'd rather have a picture of you eating a donut or like walking down the walking your dog in the morning. I'd rather have that. Okay, so it shows you have a pulse, but it's not much better than anything, because understand LinkedIn wants engagement on their posts. If you're posting out canned content that is just already 500 other advisors put that same article out there. It's not unique. And so it's LinkedIn views it as less attention worthy. They don't think people are going to engage with it. So they're going to push it down and not show it to a lot of people. So this is what you don't understand. LinkedIn is the gatekeeper. Okay. You know, some of you made your business through cold calling. When you were cold calling, you were so nice to that receptionist or that admin assistant. You knew how to get past that gatekeeper. And that's how you, that's why you have a business. Cause you knew how to do that. You treated that gatekeeper almost like your client. So why, financial advisors, would you take LinkedIn that is the gatekeeper to all the people that you want to meet? That LinkedIn feed, that LinkedIn algorithm is the gatekeeper. Why would you treat it like, like it, its feelings don't matter? LinkedIn does matter. How LinkedIn feels about you does matter. Just like a client's feelings towards you matter. That algorithm is your client. you got to look at it that way. So every day I wake up and I'm thinking, what can I do to please the algorithm today? Like financial advisors, if you had a client that was like, I don't want junk bonds, I don't want risky stocks, I don't want a lot of volatility, you wouldn't turn around and say, great, you know what, I'm going to put you in cryptocurrency. Like you would never, you would never do that, right? So if, if you want LinkedIn to like you and to do good things for you and to pay you back with rewarding you by putting it up to a ton of people in your network, you've got to post content that people are going to engage with. And it might not always be able to be that credibility building. Hey, here's why I'm so smart. Here's, I'm going to show you the most insightful thing. Sometimes it's just a matter of, and especially at first when you're coming in, when you're starting it up, you might have to be a little bit less formal, maybe just be conversational, get people to respond back to the posting somehow. Well, and, and that's, yeah, so, that, so that's a great segue. And by the way, I, I love the gatekeeper analogy. I had not heard it expressed that way before that treat it the same way as that person that was blocking you from getting through on the phone. I think that's, I think that's a great way to look at it. You got to nurture that. You got to, you got to uh, be accommodated to that. So I think that's fantastic. And then related there at, at the tail end. So what, okay. So someone 
an advisor that's not currently using LinkedIn starting to buy into this, starting to understand maybe some of the importance of it. What what is the main, if it's possible or even maybe not, maybe not smart to try to put it down to one thing. So, so correct me there, but what what should the main target or objective be from LinkedIn? I mean, if, if I'm an advisor, I'm on there, I'm doing the right things, uh, you know, someone like you helping me. Am I trying to get them to my website? Am I trying to solicit them directly via message to call me? Or what, what is the most effective kind of outcome that, in your opinion, of what, what, what people should be trying to accomplish? Obviously, you're not going to close a client yeah, I can, on LinkedIn. I can tell you in one word. Yep. Discussion. Just okay. get it started. Yeah. You want to be like that person when, like, let's say your cousin gets married, right? And there's a bunch of people at a wedding. This is like LinkedIn. Bunch of people there. People don't know each other. Maybe a little nervous. No one wants to say the wrong thing. You know how there's always that one person that's kind of a social butterfly that can go into a group of five people that don't know each other and just be like, um, you know, um, great, you know, great to see the wedding today. I'm really glad that, um, you know, we had great weather. And uh, it's really nice to see uh, such a rewarding couple come together in this matrimony. And then everyone wants to start talking about it, right? Or, um, hey, so who here is a, a Green Bay Packers fan? And then like people just start talking, okay? And that, you gotta get people to start talking on your feet and that's it. Like LinkedIn doesn't care if you're the smartest or the most credible. You gotta get people to start talking. And the more you get people to start talking, not just with the posting that you put in your feed, but talking amongst each other. So this is hard to do. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard to do because no one wants to do it the, the hard way. Everyone wants to do it the easy way. Oh, I'm going to broadcast something and it's going to be something no one's ever said before. I'm going to look so smart. Well, maybe if they're already paying attention to you, but you trying to position yourself as above other people, that doesn't work as well on LinkedIn as what I just told you, which is, be on their level and just be, use it as a platform to, to get, to hear people, to hear people's voices. So you're going to have to say something good enough to provoke other people to talk. Yep. And, and uh... okay, on the feed and I could get to it in messenger too, but that's on the feed. Like if you look at some of my postings, like I post, I posted to, you know, I work with financial advisors, right? So it's a different market than what all you have, but I'll say something like, you know, financial advisors, your client comes in and says, hey, don't tell my husband or wife, I told you this, but blah, blah. What do you say back? And I get a mil I get so many advisors coming in on that or something like, um, you know, your client says, hey, I can't find my financial statements. Can you come over to my apartment and help me look for them? What do you say back, financial advisors? Yeah, and get, get, them, get them to talk. Yeah, no, I think, um, and I, I think you're you're fantastic at it. People just just following you, which which of course so plug certainly find Sarah on LinkedIn. You should at a, at a very minimum and 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 see uh, see how she operates just just with her own. And, and uh, you know, related to that, so for people that don't know, on LinkedIn you can have a profile for your business and a profile right as an individual, and and so. I know for my business, I've set up the business page. Admittedly, I don't do a lot. So I'm, I'm being vulnerable here. You might tell me I'm an idiot. I, I don't do a lot with the business page because I personally myself 
think that people want to relate to me, to Brad Wales, to build that relationship. So your, your thoughts on the need of a business profile page along with an individual and how people should be using that? Yeah, I think you should have a business page because it's just another way to get your business's name on a high domain website out there on LinkedIn. Like when you create a business page on LinkedIn, it just LinkedIn is a highly ranking domain. And then when you make a business page, it's like a subdomain of LinkedIn, kind of like it makes a little LinkedIn page for your business. And then because it has LinkedIn as the root, then it's going to rank high. In fact, it might actually rank higher than your website when people search on your business name. I don't know. Everyone is different, but generally it does tend to, to get up there. So it's just another way to get your footprint out there on Google. But I, I don't know. Some people are a little self-conscious. So they like to post to their business page and then they share it like to their personal page. I don't know. I think people really need, need to get, get past that. I don't know why. I don't know. Like some people are just shy with attention. I, I mean, if you're so shy that you don't want people seeing that you posted directly to your own feed and looking at your page, like, I don't know if LinkedIn is for you, honestly, I'm just going to tell you right then and there. Cause I've had clients that were like that and like, it didn't work out great. Um, so, but I don't know. I, I think a business page is really good for like IBM. If you've got multiple employees and multiple products, et cetera, but for most financial advisors, you are the brand. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you've experienced this plenty over the years. And, and so you gotta be vulnerable. You gotta be willing to put yourself out there. Sometimes you might be uncomfortable making videos or whatever the case is and, and posting it. But I, I would tell you from my experience, I'm sure you've been getting this for years. There's, there's nothing better when, when you have a new person reach out to you as a prospective client, they reach out to you. And then, you know, I love when, when some folks tell me, they say, well, you, you sound just like you do on the videos. And I'm like, well, that, that's how this works. And they, they think they already know who I am. And case in point, Sarah and I have never met in person. We've, we've talked a number of times, but there was no awkwardness on our first conversation. Cause I, I, or at least for my side, cause I thought I already knew you from, from following you for some time. And I, I think that's the warmest lead you can have with a client reaching out to you that feels they already know you because you're doing these things. And so related to that, you know, on LinkedIn, uh, you can, uh, you know, most people know this, but you can put videos on there. You can put photos on there. You can do just text. You can do messenger. What are you, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, you know, what all you kind of overall help advisors with, but if someone says, well, what, which one of those should I be using? Should I just be writing text or should I just be putting photos of myself? Or what, what is strategies for someone? We'll say someone that hasn't really done a lot of anything up until this point. What, what should they be concentrated on? Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly what you should do. You should go on LinkedIn and you should create a survey. You should create a poll. Okay. Because polls are the easiest type of content for people to engage with. Why? They can enter their answer and nobody can see it except the person who posted the poll. So it does, they, and then they get to see how everybody else and what the tally is of the poll. So um, there's a curiosity factor there too. Like I posted this, I, you wanna make it a question that people are honestly curious to see the answer to. Like I posted a, a question like, what do you do? What, what should a financial advisor do if you find out one of your clients is cheating on the other one? And, and like, <laughs> if you have a married couple and someone's cheating, what do you do? Right. And this is wacko, like totally crazy landslide results. Like so many people 
wanted to know what the answer was. And that's why a lot of times people take the survey is because they want to know how other people feel, because that's a topic you wouldn't really talk about with a lot of people. Like imagine two financial advisors, like, hey, I think one of my clients is cheating on the other one. Well, why, why are you doing that? Why are you thinking that? Why are you button in your personal? You have a feelings for one of these clients? Is that why you're doing like all kinds of awkward conversations could happen from that. But they'll, but still people are curious to hear about it. So they'll go to the survey and look at the results. So the survey really is the best way. And then the best thing about it too, is that as the per person who posted the survey, you can see how everybody voted. So you can go there and you can just send the person a message and just, it's the easiest thing in the world. You just say, hey, thanks for taking my survey. If you wanna be a little more daring, you could say, why was this topic of interest to you? Or, you know, I'm glad that this topic was of interest to you and then see what they say. Like if you post like, for example, if you want to be a little controversial, you could be like, um, is it, you know, well, how do you feel about people bowing to the flag instead of standing during the Olympics, right? Like very controversial topic. But if you, for example, targeted veterans, that would be a posting that you would put because I know tons of vets would go on there and be like, have a very strong opinion about that. And, and not to be too, you know, like, but again, this is like feelings, right? Like you don't want to use anyone's feelings and be like too manipulative about it, but you do want to think about, well, what would people really feel compelled? Like they can't resist clicking their answer on this survey for that. They can't resist the feeling. And that's what you want to do is just create surveys. Cause when, when you get back on the feed, you need to kind of tell LinkedIn who you are. Hey, I'm back. And the best way to do that is to not mess around with postings that or a maybe or a maybe not, but the postings that will most likely get engagement and those are in fact the surveys. So you okay. should start with easy surveys. Like don't go out there and be like, how do you feel about, hey, who knows what the best type of, uh, who, who knows what the average credit score is in, in the United States? Like now you're just talking like a financial advisor before the audience trusts you, thinks you're cool, understands that you're just trying to get discussion started here. It's too much fun. You're talking too much like a financial advisor right away. You got to talk like a human being and engage them. And then eventually you could sift in some of the financial advisor stuff. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great tip. Now, what, what would you tell the person though, that does a, you know, so someone goes to one of your surveys, you, you obviously get a lot of results because you're good at this, but you've also been on LinkedIn a while. And, and so, you know, thing I'll hear uh, usually with like related to YouTube. And so I'm curious how you respond to it with LinkedIn is, Oh, is it is it too late for me? Uh, you know, gosh, there's people that are getting you know dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of of likes on their LinkedIn posts. And gosh, if I haven't really been doing anything, it's too late for me to build this audience. And the just the example I give, and I don't know what the stats are, but um, you know, YouTube. I actually had to look this up prior to the recording. Is 2005 is when YouTube was started. I would venture to say, and so I don't know, but I would venture to say the top ten. YouTubers, whatever whatever top number you want to use, probably have only been on the platform just the last couple of years, and they've they've just been able to go on a trajectory. That yeah, had you told those same people ten years ago, oh, it's too late, you've missed the boat, you're you're too far behind, that they never would have had the success they have now. So what what do you tell someone that's looked at LinkedIn? Oh gosh, these other financial advisors have such big followings, I, I missed the boat. Should I even bother? Don't look at that number and get intimidated by it because sometimes people buy followers, like they'll go out and again, they'll get these robots to go out and just connect with everybody. Like I have people I'm dealing with right now that have thousands and thousands of followers and I can't get them a meeting. All right. <sighs> Whereas small actions, like just 
connecting, sending that message about, hey, what are your, hey, thanks for connecting with me here. I see that you've worked at General Motors for 25 years. I tend to post discussions here on that and I hope that you'll participate if you see fit. Then you come back two weeks later. Hey, listen, I just wanted to thank you for participating in that survey about the GM pension. And then you come back two weeks later. Oh, here's an article. And then they come back with a question and then you answer it and then now you've got a meeting. Just, okay, so, yeah. it, right, but it's like sprinkling, all right? Like you, you got to sprinkle the salt a little bit. Yeah, and, the, uh, and the, the beauty is in, you know, you don't have to get, well, everyone would love 30 new clients a year as an advisor. If you just get a, a couple new clients a year from LinkedIn, that, that can significantly move the needle on your practice over time. So it's, yeah, you, you don't have to go out there and and be the biggest, you just have to get your share of the opportunities, I think, that are out there. Um, so related, I, I'm sure you'll have an opinion on this. So uh, for those that didn't see in the news, and I don't, I don't have too much perspective on this, but Mighty Merrill, uh, Merrill Lynch recently announced that they were changing their training program. And for the first time, I presume in decades, are no longer going to have their trainees cold call. They've, they've, discovered, uh, I've, I've subscribed to this theory that, that that time had passed for some time now that cold calling is just not the effective tool it, it perhaps once was, and that they are apparently, probably not the only method, but they are apparently going to have their trainees using LinkedIn Messenger instead of cold calling. So that, that decision has apparently been made, so we don't, we don't have a vote whether that's an effective way for them to do it or not, but just out of curiosity, uh, sir, what would you tell those Merrill trainees that have now been told, okay, you have to use this and, and, and apparently more messenger. I don't know how much flexibility they actually have to use some of these other tools. So thoughts or advice on where they go from here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a Merrill employee or a compliance officer, so I don't make the rules, but my understanding at this current point is that they the Merrill people can't really comment too much or do too much in terms of customization with their postings in the feed. So I don't think this is a feed, a posting or feed type of a play here for the Merrill folks, but Messenger is absolutely fabulous. And uh, one thing I just would tell you Merrill people is I want you to just ignore most of the training you're gonna get on LinkedIn Messenger. I want you to ignore it completely. And I want you to just understand one thing that you have to be intrigued by other people. People are really just a collection of experiences. That's all that we are. And you know, people love to tell their stories because it shows you what they value and it shows you what they value when you listen. So I want you to just go on LinkedIn Messenger and get people to tell their stories. Just These people this. are so intriguing. Like I admit whether or not it shows it on their page. Like if you go on LinkedIn, like just go and look at 10 random people's pages. People are doing amazing things. There are veterans that have all kinds of war stories. There are, uh, you know, single moms starting businesses and changing their communities. There's, uh, you know, people who've survived awful diseases and, and are sharing their, their thoughts. And that, to me, that's what LinkedIn is about, is how can I share my experiences with other people in a way that's helpful? But get them to tell you a story. Just get them to talk. And, and, and by asking them questions, like, I mean, everybody messes this up. And this is what I mean when I say that as a society, we really don't know how to listen to each other, how to just stop and look and observe and listen. Like when you go to, you know how many times I've 
on behalf of my clients sometimes or for myself, I've gone to somebody's page and been like, wow, look at that little sliver of a detail that they posted, that they put up there on their page. Something that they're proud of. Like, look to see what they're proud of. I saw one guy that posted up that he was a SCORE. SCORE is like small business mm-hmm. uh, nonprofit. He was a mentor for small business owners in his area. And so I st- I'm like, wow, I just saw that you did that. That's great. What was your motivation for doing that? And he had this whole diatribe about like, he feels really strongly about this and thank you so much for asking. And nobody ever asks about that. And like, that's who you want to be because whether or not that person ever turns out to be a client of yours, at least you've done the right thing by them and not gone out there with your pitch blazing. And at least you've made a favorable, strong impression. And you never know when that could come back, whether it be that three years from now, they see a posting and they mention you to their boss, or maybe they just, if you, I've noticed that when I participate nicely with people on LinkedIn Messenger, when I speak nicely to them and ask them what they are engaged with or ask them what they care about, and I show them that I really care about what, what their experiences are in life, they somehow make it to my feed and, and they post and they comment and they discuss and, and this and that. And even if they disagree with me, they don't, they don't get, go, go so bad to me because they they like me because yep. I showed that I cared about what the heck is going on in their life. Just I, do that. Just It's like, everyone's like, oh, the expensive LinkedIn, like I put all this time and I put all this money and I'm like, I mean, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but I really don't get it. Yeah, I, I think I that's, I, I mean, that's, the, you know, perhaps the best message, biggest part of this whole episode here, which, which I love, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here, my, my wheels are spinning. It's just, um, whether it's on LinkedIn or some other approaches, just get that discussion going. And I, I love that they don't, because nothing's going to follow unless you can get that started. So I think that's just a huge, huge takeaway from that. Um, and re- I mean, relate- like, do you know how hard it is to think someone's a jerk who asks you interesting questions about your background? Yep. Like they might say, oh, well, she's just asking me that because she wants to sell me something. She's a financial advisor. But the more you persist with these genuinely interesting questions and the more you show that you're genuinely interested in them, the less they're going to feel that. So it's like, so here's the other thing people do wrong is that without my membership, right? I teach people like I give them my book. I teach them how to do this. And they'll send me these things and they'll be like, well, I did that thing you said, Sarah. I went and I asked that person about, oh, look, I saw you started that business or I saw you work on this charity volunteering thing, whatever, right? And they're like, I sent that first message. And then a day later, I sent the message asking for the meeting and I didn't get the meeting and this doesn't work. Like That's not <laughs> how it works. Yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, it's a good reminder just because it's digital doesn't change how we would want to interact or how we do as humans interact in, in real life. So uh, yeah, no, that's a good takeaway. And I think the challenge there is it's, it's patience, right? You, it's, it's a long game. It's not a quick hit. That's why the paying someone to do canned, canned uh, comments for you or, or auto responders and stuff like that, that's, that's attempting to take the easy way for just something that's, that's gonna, gonna take some patience, but, but can pay off. So what, so related to all this, so obviously, and, and we're, we've only, peeled back one part of the onion here we could talk about of all the, the great things that LinkedIn can do. But obviously, you know what you're talking about. Obviously, you've helped people with this before. So what what 
do you do for people in that regard? If someone, if this is resonating with someone, yeah, I need to be on LinkedIn. Sarah knows what she's talking about. They they reach out to you. We'll we'll, we'll point out that how they can do that. But what what do you do for advisors and, and kind of what's that look like? Well, so the first thing is that I have a blog and I and a podcast and it's free, obviously. So for those of you that don't want to engage, you could just absorb and consume my content. You follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me, say hello, um, follow my newsletter. I'm I'm always publishing. I publish every week. I publish every day on LinkedIn, but then I publish every week in my newsletter. Okay. Um, then if you want more than that, though, part of my content is gated. Like I have templates where I give people a model for the messages and the postings. And I have workshops that are gated to people who are exclusive on, on my membership. That's 35 a month. There's a sign-up fee, but it's nothing big. So you can kind of, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you can kind of follow along with me and get the really good content that kind of makes things easier for you so you don't have to reinvent the wheel or guess at what to write. And then sometimes, though, if you need someone to actually do it for you, if you kind of need someone to help you here and there, like I'm a consultant, you know, I can give you a session, talk, like I, you know, I'll critique what you're doing. But if you want me to actually drive the bus, then that's a different engagement. And I'm, I'm kind of full, actually. I'm on a wait list for my CMO services for me to take the whole enchilada. That's on a wait list right now. Um, but, but they definitely could sign up for your membership without a problem. Yeah, oh, yeah. Membership is yeah. not on wait list at the moment. Okay. And, and if you could remind everyone, so LinkedIn, obviously Sarah Grillo, S-A-R-A, but then your website is? It's just my name, sarahgrillo.com. Which means Sarah was also paying attention, I don't know how long ago, 10 years ago or 15 years ago when you when you snagged that before anyone else. Uh... I knew it was a few years ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Good. I know. Right. I, I, I know. I couldn't even believe it myself that my, it was available, but yeah. That's that's fantastic. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up, and I'll put all the uh, the links to the various things Sarah was saying there will be in the show notes. So um, you can easily find her and just Google her name, and all this will come up. But I'll put it in the show notes as well, SarahGorilla.com. Um, so to to wrap up, my audience is primarily advisors, of course, interested in going into that RA model. So from your experience working with advisors of all different experience levels, all different models, those sorts of things, thoughts on the additional flexibility that might exist under that RA model. So perfect example, you alluded to it, the Merrill folks, you know, might be the trainees might, might be told to use messenger, but they might then kind of have uh, some pretty heavy guardrails in, in the content feed that they can do. And so that that's tough to then compete against people that don't have that. So your experience, when everyone thinking about going to the RA, think about, Oh, wow. What, what would I have different, in that RA structure with respect to doing something like LinkedIn, your thoughts on that? Well, a lot of times the wirehouses and broker dealers can be very restrictive about the content that you post in the feed. And the best thing for you, if you want to attract attention to yourself would be to post these, like I said, these surveys, or these discussion oriented type postings, because the more attention you draw to your discussions, the more LinkedIn likes you. 
and the more like you want people compounding back and forth on those discussions. You want people getting in fights. Like I have had people get into fights <laughs> because I've posted something and usually it's about fees. Normally it's like you got the fee only people and you got the commission people. It's like they get in fights, right? And I love that because that just blows the views out of the water on that posting. So if you're at a wirehouse, I don't think at this point that's probably going to be happening for you because they don't allow these open-ended, in some cases, they don't allow these open-ended discussion style postings. And I mean, I want to tell you that you, I mean, if you want them to contact me, have your compliance officer contact me. I mean, I, I really am not one to placate to the corporate entities and I don't care what anyone thinks of me at a corporate level. So I will tell them exactly what I think. And it is that if you're, it is that they really are arresting, they're going the opposite of what the LinkedIn algorithm would want them to do to be successful. So they're kind of arresting, you know, setting it up for failure, so to speak in the, in the feed. Um, so, yeah, and I, I would just would describe it that way. There's nothing you can do if you're at one of these places, you have to follow the rules, right? So um, that is one advantage that you have as an independent firm or, or a firm with more flexibility on social media. Yeah, it's just tough. I use the analogy. Uh, I mean, you're out there playing a one-on-one -on -one basketball game, and if, and if you have to have one hand tied behind your back and the other person doesn't, it just, it does not say you can't win the game, but it's, it certainly makes it more difficult. And uh, so that's, that's one again, back as I, as I said, at the top of the show, the flexibility of that RA model and, and how it all comes together. But uh, with that, we'll, we'll end it there where you and I, I think could keep talking about this for, for easy uh, twice as long as we already have. But the idea here was mostly just to give that first taste of for folks that advisors that aren't perhaps using LinkedIn at all, or aren't self-admittedly not using it as well as they should, or even, you know, quite frequent users like I am certainly have, have learned some stuff here as well. So Sarah, thank you very much for coming on again, uh, having the show notes, uh, great resources. I've been following Sarah, her articles, podcasts, blog, everything for years now. I certainly encourage you to do that as well. If you find her on LinkedIn, you'll find all those other resources as well. Uh, so Sarah, thank you for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks everybody. So like I said, you know, just go ahead, drop me a line, say hello. Be cool to talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get the, get the discussion going. That's what we learned today. So, uh, all right, Sarah, thanks for coming on. All right, cool. Okay. And with that, if you are not already there, head on over to transition to RIA.com, all kinds of additional resources, the entire uh, series of video questions, also available in podcast form, white papers, all kinds of resources to help you better understand the RAA model. Uh, and then the best thing to do is at the top of every page is a contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule a specific time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me uh, to talk about the RAA model and what it might mean for your practice. Happy to do that. Go ahead and click on that. You can get that easily scheduled. Uh, like I said, transition to RA.com, all of the resources and the show notes from today's episode. So with that, I hope you found value on today's show and I'll see you on the next one.